Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're going to hear from Dr. Colander about his unique personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack and stroke, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, welcome back to another one of your very informative shows. Siobhan, welcome back as the co-host here. And obviously, we're still talking about COVID and what kind of job is the government doing, is the FDA doing? And, And you mentioned just before we started the show, they're not doing a good job on prevention either. So what do you have to tell the, the listeners? Well, normally these listeners on Sunday at 3 are not talking about COVID. We're talking about prevention. We're talking about patients that we've had who, you know, come in from all different uh, points on the, on the compass in terms of expectations, assumptions about their health. And so we never talk COVID on this recorded show. So, you know, we're all frustrated, at least I am. And I thought we should kind of tie in, you know, why are we relying on the government to tell us what to do with COVID when they certainly can't do anything about prevention or haven't or don't do anything well? So I think the tie-ins between how our healthcare system, which is the government, handles prevention, which is in a non-existent horrible, yeah. Okay, so wait a minute. The healthcare system, which is the government, the government's not doing anything about the healthcare system, and the healthcare system's not owned by the government. I'm paying for the healthcare system. The healthcare system is, you know, so Medicare is a national healthcare. Yeah, but forget Medicaid. about that. We're talking well, about, okay, are... we're talking about from from the young people, 20, yeah, but 30. let's talk for... about it. How is the government related to the healthcare system? They're because not. maybe that's something that people don't quite understand. Well, I'm going to come in, Anne-Marie's going to love this. I mean, the reason we're really (laughs) having a problem here and the reason we don't have the data that we need, and we should be talking about this on on our live show, but the reason we don't have the data that we need is because we do not have national health care. Right. And so the information we need to know about COVID is, is because this is some mixture of government funding, of private industry, that's funding other government agencies. And so we're really at the whim of national corporations like pharmaceutical companies and the companies making our vaccines to drive what's happening and drive the the story. 
and we're really always in a defensive position, you know, and so that's where we are with prevention. Nothing happens and we're constantly in a defensive position. Uh, it's wait until a disease occurs. Um, wait until you need a surgery for something that you might have been able to prevent if you addressed it 10 years earlier. Or God forbid you have a stroke or a heart attack or die. These are fully preventable problems. I'm not saying COVID is preventable, but if this system of which the government is deeply involved can't handle simple prevention, why should this system with our government involvement be trusted to handle COVID? Because it's all about the money and it's all about how they make money. And they, as you've said many times before, they make money on end stage disease. When you get into the hospital and when you're on the pharmaceutical company's medication and when you're being treated for something that is coming out of your healthcare plan, which we as citizens are paying for. The government's not paying for the health care. They're not paying for it. Well, let me bring up an interesting example, speaking of government versus private. So my husband, um, his uncle found out recently he had lung cancer and he was on private insurance for most of his life, recently got on Medicare. And it wasn't until he got on Medicare that they did a whole gamut of scans that found that he had lung cancer, which is interesting to me. You would think they would be doing those scans earlier. Now that he's on the government, you know, it's uh, they're, they're kind of paying attention to a little bit more, it seems. Well, part of that is, I'm going to say, regarding the patient. So I don't know your uncle in any way. you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I've never met him, don't know him. But when you are paying your copay and a deductible to see the doctor, you don't go. So part of this is um, a reliance on, well, I'll have Medicare in one year, two years, three years. I'm going to wait. I'm not just not going to pay any attention to my health until I'm on Medicare. So, again, don't know his story at sure, all. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't do anything for two or three years about his health and then went in to, you know, go in and say, oh, my God, you got lung cancer. Mm -hmm. So it's not that, like, it's the same doctor. You know, it's the same doctor who takes Blue Cross or whatever insurance he has, United Healthcare. Um, and then he goes in and it's not like, oh, I got a Medicare patient. I can order a CAT scan. I can do all this stuff. I'll be honest. You don't, I don't think about that. And, and if I'm being paid by an insurance company that's telling me not to do testing, well then, yeah, maybe I do. Mm -hmm. And that does happen in some you know, some insurance, uh, patient relationships where the doctor's being paid not to do any work by the insurance company. But for the most part, it's, you know, so the person just doesn't go because a lot of their expenditures are out of pocket. They're sure. waiting Makes for sense. Medicare. I, I just don't even think people think about that. I mean, I would say. Oh, they I, do. I just, they do. I mean, you never know. That's that's the I difficulty. mean, you're going to wait until you're 65 to find out if you're sick? I don't think so. When I mean, you're 62, you might. Well, doesn't matter. I mean, it's still like a, a presumptive statement, but we're going to have to come back and argue about that on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. 
I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and discussing the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also going to talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Collander directly at 866-COLLANDER. And I would also like to tell the listeners, for those of you who are listening on Sunday, Dr. Collander has a live show every Thursday at 7 o'clock. You're welcome to call in with any of your questions as a follow-up to the Sunday show or any time that you hear us on the air during the week. So we were sort of arguing <laughs> about what comes first? Do people really sit around and wait until they're going to be able to get testing that's going to be covered by Medicare? I don't think so. I think people don't want to be sick when they're 20, 30, 40. You're wrong. I mean, because I'm treating people. And if someone is 64 and a half and they need to do a, a litany of testing, the decision about, and they've got a high deductible, the decision to wait until Medicare kicks in is real. And I have that conversation even in my concierge practice about doing this. So these are people that choose to pay me, you know, out of pocket to be in the practice. And then we're still having financial conversations about how to manage their insurance. So part of having a high deductible is learning to manage your health care expenses because the first thousand, three thousand, six thousand dollars are out of your pocket. And so part of managing your health is what to do with your deductible. And, you know, you ask me, the best decision is invest in prevention. Spend that on, well, you know, what I do doesn't go to deductible, but spend your out-of-pocket money on prevention so that it pays dividends every year down the road. But this is a conversation people have all the time. Well, I'm going to wait six months and do all these tests the day after I turn 65, I get Medicare, it's covered. Well, talking about the high deductibles, and I'm thinking about a certain fancy health food chain here that, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right, Siobhan? Yeah, your favorite place. And their and they're deductible for their workers was something like five or $6,000. And so most of the people were getting paid like $11, $10, So how in God's name are they ever going to be able to meet that deductible? So in other words, you're not really getting health care. You're getting a policy. That whole system is corrupt. Well, the goal is, I mean, the goal is not to meet your deductible, right? I mean, the goal is to be healthy and do what you need to do and, and, be, and, and take care of yourself so you don't need very expensive testing. Your well, mouth's like wide open. Like, no, what yeah, do you mean it's not? Looking at you, I'm going, what is that all about? I mean, well, it's like, well, but that's, be healthy. I mean, we are healthy because of you. You are the doctor. Right, but there's a misunderstanding there. A lot of people might assume that they're healthy because they're eating healthy and exercising. And no, this is something see, we what did about I tell you about? I told you well, I don't want to hear about this eating healthy and exercising well, because nobody I knows think, what that means. Well, but I think we got to reel this and pinpoint what we're talking about, which is no one is out there to help you, listeners, that the system doesn't work for you. If you've got a manager deductible, decide whether or not to get a test. What does that mean, manage your deductible? If your deductible is $5,000, you're just out of luck. Because it, if you're making 10 or $11 an hour working for that fancy health food store, then you're not ever going to get to the, the point of, of, of your deductible. You're going to pay for all your health care. 
well, that person probably doesn't have a $6,000 deductible. They might have a $1,000 or $3,000 deductible. But, to, but at 11 bucks an hour, it might as well be $100,000. Mm-hmm. You're, you're never going to hit it. So, or, you know, you just can't afford it no matter what. So what do you do? You don't get health care. You don't go to the doctor. You allow yourself to get sick. You do what you think you need to do and without any guidance at all. And this is why, again, there's no prevention in our system. Everyone is out there on their own. And again, we started tying this into COVID and go, well, if our healthcare system can't get people put off on the right foot in the beginning, what makes you think they know what they're doing with COVID? They don't. Anyway, but the real issue is, as confused as you are about COVID and what do I do, that's what's happening with prevention. You don't know what to do. You're not going to find it in the system, which is through your PCP, your primary care doctor, your doctor who works for a hospital. They, they're just towing the company line, which is whatever the insurance company allows you to do. And that's what everyone's doing. It's not just about the insurance companies are certainly corrupt. We all know that. But that's not the point. The point is in the medical establishment, getting an appointment with your primary care physician, and then once you get in there, you have to qualify that there's something wrong with you today. You have a fever today. You broke your leg today. And when you go in there, that five minutes that you get in front of the MD is going to be dedicated to what's your problem today. They're not looking at... It's reactive. Right. Right. It's reactive to urgent care is what it is. If you look good... And your labs are okay, and frequently these and labs are talking mean about nothing. labs, right? Blood exactly. work, blood work. If your blood Let, work looks, but let's explain how poor those are. The blood work that you get does nothing to identify risk. It and just you need does to say nothing. that again with capital right. letters. So the lab, the blood work that you get from your doctor does absolutely Mouse. nothing to identify risk. And in, right. I've said this, and if you're a regular listener, you know that I'm in the process of not getting cholesterol levels on patients anymore. People live and die by their blood sugar levels and their hemoglobin A1Cs if you're diabetic and their lipid levels. And none of those results measure your risk of having a heart attack and stroke. So I'm stopping getting them. I mean, on half my practice, they, we don't get lipids anymore. And you know, the next year or two, we won't be getting lipids on anybody. They don't change any decision I have. And so when you're seeing your doctor and your lipids are good, whatever that means, because it means nothing, um, and your blood, you know, your chemistry panel's okay and your blood count's good, you get a pat in the back, it means nothing. You could literally die the next day from a heart attack or stroke. And this isn't about me being alarmist or you know, that's a fact of life. We have 650,000 people dropping dead of heart attacks every year. The government has the possibility to stop it. The tests exist in this highly technologically advanced country and they're doing zip zero and nothing about it. And the tests are not that technologically advanced. It doesn't matter. They're showing people what the risk is. That's what matters. Right. It's prevention. I hate to say it is simple. What's hard is carving out the time to do it. The time is not Who's carving out the time? Me. People that, doctors that choose to practice prevention. If you do not choose to practice prevention, to make money, you have to see 40, 50 people a day. 
I know, but you're seeing patients and spending two hours with them. There's no other doctor that's doing that well, that's in primary what, care. Well, that's what's required. That's the amount of time that it takes to do the digging, the type of digging that you're doing. Right. So that's what's required. And if your doctor's spending five minutes with you or ten, even 10, which would be a huge appointment for somebody, nothing's happening. And if you aren't doing labs that you've never heard of, then you aren't getting what you need. Because if you're familiar with the blood work that you're getting, guess what? It doesn't help you learn anything about yourself. And here's the other thing that I've noticed. I've noticed nowadays that when, you, when you're being sent for any kind of testing at all by any of the primary care physicians, you're not getting the testing tomorrow or next week or the week after that. You're probably waiting maybe a month or two, right, Siobhan? You're waiting a long time. Yeah, absolutely. For testing. So what's the excuse for that? What, what testing are we waiting for? Just, you just know, to get appointments. I, I mean, no. just to, to, get, to appointments. get in. Not yeah. only just the appointments, but if you're being sent for a scan, if you're being sent for an outside test of any kind, you're waiting, waiting, waiting. That's all the waiting game. Well, some Pay of high that, dividends and wait. You're right. And some of that I don't want to... I don't want to excuse the system for failing, but some of that these days is COVID related. I mean, so even hospitals can't staff their, you know, their facilities, even if they're trying to lower their overhead, dump their essential workers so that their bottom line is cheaper to sell themselves. Even then. And again, we're talking about bad. a specific hospital <laughs> and I know what you're talking about. Anyway, we'll have to take a quick break, and you are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. If you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you should be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also going to explain the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Before we get back into the show, I just want to remind listeners, if you're listening to the show today and you have any questions at all about your health or your health care, please tune in on Thursdays at 7 p.m. and you can call the doctor and talk to the doctor directly 7 o'clock Thursdays. Dr. Colander. Let's explain what prevention is all about for the listeners because we have no idea. I mean, we're just going to see doctors and it's nothing to do with prevention. You know, describing prevention is a challenge because people don't understand what it is. They think that having a stent is preventing... Preventing uh, dying, maybe. Right. But they don't understand that you can stop yourself from having a disease. So if you can... You know, what I do in my practice is identify the possibility that you might be diabetic in 15 years. And we start working at that point hard on stopping you from being diabetic, recognizing that it's a lifetime job because people that are prone to adult onset type 2 insulin-resistant diabetes, this is they're prone to it. It's in their DNA literally 
to do to be this way. Wait a minute, I'm going to stop you there. Prone to it's in their DNA. Does that mean must have to, you know, death sentence? You will get it. No, the answer is no. I think diabetes identified early. So what's early? Well, let's go back and change our definitions. Okay. I don't like the word diabetes. The disease and the process that we're identifying is insulin resistance. Diabetes is an arbitrary label. I mean, arbitrary. Let's just throw a line on the sand and call it diabetes. The process is insulin resistance. That, how do you get insulin? How do you catch it? You don't catch it. How do you, you get it? Well, you're again, you're predisposed to it, and it's through let's the, say you're predisposed. How do I avoid it? You've got to you've got to know you got to eat healthy and exercise. It's really like it can be cured by lifestyle, which you hate. Well, but you know you're <laughs> so shaking. It's not that I hate it. It's like I, I've you told Siobhan, we've talked about this all the time. Everybody listening doesn't know what that means. No, well, but when you're sitting across the table from me, you're going to learn. So to the radio audience, what does it mean? It means that you do not metabolize sugar. So if you are predisposed to diabetes, and I mean pre-diabetic or before, if you have a family history and your, your triglycerides are high, your LDL is low, or any combination of that, you have to assume that you do not metabolize sugar normally and your diet should not have sugar in it. And you need to move your muscles more because your insulin receptors don't work. So in other words, before you develop insulin resistance, there's a series of tests that can be done to, to show whether you are predisposed to developing this. Yes and no. So okay. the, the testing doesn't identify that you're predisposed. It picks it up. I mean, we're able to pick it up early. How so early? I would like to think we're picking it up 15 to 20 years ahead of time. Like the ability to do that is there. And... So recognizing that the process kills you, not diabetes. So diabetes is end-stage insulin resistance. It's organ failure really, you know, caused by insulin resistance. What organ is your pancreas? Your pancreas fails because your insulin resistance has just run, has, has killed you. So when you are no longer able to make enough insulin because your pancreas fails, then it's called diabetes. That's how our healthcare system works. It doesn't identify a disease until there's organ failure. You don't have heart disease until you had a heart attack or stroke or you need a surgery, vascular failure. We want to identify all of these conditions early, like way before you ever had a symptom. I have a question for you. Since there are a lot of Americans who have diabetes, I would like to ask you this question as an MD, as a doctor, as a primary care physician. Many people are diagnosed with diabetes and they have to go on insulin. Who's paying for that insulin? And if they don't have insurance, who's paying for it? If they get diagnosed at, let's say, 30, 40. How old are they? They're young. There's a lot of people that are young. <laughs> are they on commercial insurance or are they on Medicare? No, I'm talking about pre-Medicare. I'm talking about the 30 and the 40-year-old. Well, they better have good insurance to pay for the what quality. What if they don't? I want to know what happens to the people who don't. They're in big trouble. You know, so let's say they don't have insurance and they're on Medicaid and they're getting whatever, in, whatever insulin Medicaid will cover. And sometimes Medicaid covers great products. It doesn't pay the doctor. That's the irony of Medicaid. 
it often covers top-of-the-line drugs, but not the doctor. So doctors don't see Medicaid patients. There are, that's, that's, that's my next question to you. My next question to you is, as a doctor, who are the doctors who decide and why do they decide whether they take Medicaid or not? A lot of doctors don't take it. Well, again, I'm talking to you from, you know, a relative ivory tower and saying, you know, if you don't take, you don't take Medicaid if you can help it. You know, if you have to, you do. Now, there's some doctors out there, God bless them, who want to serve the underserved and they, you know, are seeing, you know, they're choosing that kind of practice. Um, and I also want to say, not to sound like a complete ass, that uh, for, that's it. Now we're going to be preempted. Right, okay, right, whatever. That, right. That um, you know, my, we're working. Meaning me, we're working on ways to get this level of care to everybody. We're not sitting here doing nothing and saying, "Well, I'm only treating patients that prevention." Can, in other words, that can pay me. We're working on getting this to everybody. So the people who are diagnosed with diabetes who are on insulin that don't have Medicare or Medicaid are just lost. Is that it? Well, it's not a question. So they can get drugs, but they're not getting the education that they need to learn what they need to do. And they're not being treated until they have the disease. So there's no prevention happening because when you're on insulin, you're past, you know, any semblance of prevention. You know, we've missed every opportunity for prevention. So, you know, the goal is to never get on insulin as a diabetic. There's is a it lot reversible of, in any way if once you are a diabetic? If, if you're on insulin, it sounds like there's not reversible. Is that what you're saying? I want to say there's a chance to reverse everybody. If you're if you're a diabetic, I don't care where you are. I mean, some people can't be reversed. But let's just say there's a chance for everybody to be reversed. I don't want to take away hope. There's always a chance. But the further along you are, the more work you have to do. But it doesn't mean it cannot be done. You've just got to get up and do it. Well, it's a shame, too, that it's been normalized to just say diabetic as if it's something that's just a lifestyle thing. You know, it makes it sound like it's just another thing that a lot of people have. And you're right. When you think of it as end-stage organ failure, that make, that's a hugely different scenario. Because there's a pill or a dr pill for it. So What's the pill for, for the, your pancreas failing? Bef the pro your pancreas doesn't just go from it's working to it's over. No, there's, I understand. There's it's degrees a time of process, failure. Right. So while there's any kind of insulin production, there's a lot of other drugs that can be used. And most people have some degree of insulin production that they can work with. So, um, again, the earlier you know you're on this path and take action, then you have a chance. And this is, again, where our healthcare system's failing diabetics they're not being identified until 15 or 20 years have gone by of missed opportunity to reverse a process and be educated how to take care of it. So that's the medical system's failure of not identifying this at the very beginning when they first take a patient on at whatever age, right? Because if it's identified early, there's no drugs. Oh, that's a whole nother story. Let's come back and talk about this some more on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you should be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. 
Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us talking about his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also going to talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you only to call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Siobhan, you had some comments on where we go from here. Well, yeah, so we ended the last segment saying, you know, this isn't happening because there isn't a pill for it. And, you know, I think to fill in some of the the holes in the story over the last few segments is a lot of the testing that's being done that you say is really not helping you exists because it enables you to prescribe something, correct? That's that's where a lot of the testing is formulated around. Well, the whole system is defined around a diagnosis. So before there's a diagnosis, well, then there's no diagnosis code of which to bill. That's why there's no prevention. There needs to be something to bill. And again, it comes back to the concept. Wait, bill whom? Insurance. The so con- for you to bill insurance, you've got to have a little box to click. Well, it's the concept of insurance. Insurance isn't there to prevent you from having a disease. So insurance is failing. Let's call a spade a spade. Insurance, like your auto insurance, doesn't pay for your air in your tires, your rotating mm-hmm. your tires, your air filters, your oil changes, you are responsible for maintenance. People know more about their car than they know about their body. You're 100% right because no one's being paid to do their maintenance. All the healthcare system, which is every doctor you've ever seen, is paid to handle the accident, the crash. So no one's telling you how to take care of your, do- of your body because there's no one there to be being paid for it. You know, you go to your doctor and the the crap that happens during a routine physical is just crap. Well, I will say, if you have a major problem, you're in the right place. The United States is the greatest place to take care of a serious healthcare problem. Says who? I'll say it. But the nothing's here to stop you from preventing what is a preventable problem, even though I might be the only one considering these diseases preventable. The people being paid to treat the chronic illnesses don't see them as preventable because they don't understand it. I agree that they have the technology here, but I think people are being robbed blind by the insurance companies and even by, let's talk about the cost of medicine, let's talk about the outrageous cost of some of these medications. And what if you can't afford the medication? We need experts on the show to talk about that. We really do because I look at that as like legalized fraud. You know, there's been, or legislated fraud, I think that's the term. The government has, whether it's, you know, on purpose or inadvertently, there's loopholes that have been taken advantage of by businesses that really are making money where medical professionals should be. But because doctors are spending so much time, or I should say so little time seeing so many people, they just can't access the funds or the money that Medicare has allotted for additional services. And I think the same thing has happened in the pharmaceutical business. Pharmaceutical companies, you know, ins- the, the pharmacies are, are built on volume and somewhere a space was allotted for a middleman, your pharmacy beneficiary manager, to mark up prices 
500%. And so this happens in every little nook and cranny of medicine that who that money was supposed to go to doesn't happen. Another business steps in and takes full advantage. It's legislated fraud. So where do we go from here? Well, again, we're on the same page here, which is um, I'm of the opinion we do need a national health care system to handle health care. Well, that's a little redundant. but I mean, why I don't, I don't understand why people would be even resistant to this topic. I don't see why there would be any resistance to this. Well, the reason is, is because... What they, they have right now is not working. The reason they're resistant is because anyone in the government who talks about health care in a national way, they can't see past the borders that have been built up. What are they supposed to do? Well, again, wait for my book. <laughs> What's you gotta that? wait. I don't. I'm still writing it, so you just gotta hold your breath. Well, about, I mean, go, going. Oh, go ahead. You can keep going. That's all right. You just gotta. It's uh, Medicare for all is a joke. Medicare's broken. Why keep going? You know, it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, going back to the car analogy. I mean, obviously, insurance is very expensive, but the way this system works is almost every claim is like a catastrophic crash. Right. You know, so when you think of it that way, of course insurance is going to be expensive because just about any claim is going to be at the catastrophic level. So let's talk a minute about what we got to do, which right. is we need to identify the most important disease in our country, which is heart disease. Yes. And so what we do in our office is we do ultrasounds of the wall of your artery that identifies whether or not you have plaque at an early stage. And it's not just a question of do I have plaque or don't I have plaque but it's data points that can be repeated to follow the progress. And so this is prevention. Identifying a disease process at the earliest possible stage or wherever you are on the continuum of health, knowing that you have it before some catastrophic event comes, the car crash, and we can reverse it. It's possible to heal your arteries and stop you from becoming diabetic and delay the onset of dementia by attending to every part of your health that drives those conditions. And, you know, it's about knocking down the silos. Our health care is built in silos. I have a cardiologist. I have a gastroenterologist. Right. I have a That's nephrologist. A big it's all got to be managed centrally. Right. And, and when you're talking about prevention, guess what? You don't need an endocrinologist or a cardiologist or a gastroenterologist. You need someone who understands how the whole body works so that you can manage this stuff on, 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 at the foundation. Someone has to connect the dots, though, because all of those specialists are out there and they're only handling their own specialties. So if, if it's outside of endocrinology or if it's outside of cardiology, it's like, well, that's not my field. You know, and then the patient's just left to fall in between the cracks and figure out, well, where do I go from now? They're only handling that which has a diagnosis in their area. And if it and the idea is to recognize the substrate of each of their diseases and how it relates to their every single person as a whole and put it together. I mean, each person's a little mystery and a puzzle we gotta put together and you gotta figure out how to reach them. What does this person need to hear? so that they will have some behaviors that will impact their health. 
Um, well, well, it's a very personalized journey, and I think the listeners need to understand that if they want to avoid getting into this horrifying situation of being diagnosed as insulin resistant or as diabetic or as a cardiac patient or having to have a stent, they need to jump on the bandwagon now and get into a practice like yours that deals with prevention. And it can't assume you're okay. We've talked about this on many shows. You, there's nothing about you, whoever you are, that you can assume you're not there. I've had patients we expect to have problems, don't have any significant plaque, patients that you would think would have nothing based on their lifestyle and how they look, and they have a ton of plaque and underlying risk factors or genetics that are driving their condition. You cannot assume screening is prevention. Screening for diseases that have not yet begun, that's really prevention. All right, we're going to have to close, but I'm going to tell anyone who's listening today that if you want to talk to Dr. Collender directly, tune in Thursday at 7 o'clock. Unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by Collender Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Collender for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack and stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866 Colander.